Excuse me while I whip this out, is uh, Cleavon Little with one of the funniest lines in movie history from one of the funniest movies in history. And it's what happened at a black political conference at the University of Wisconsin in Madison over the weekend. I'm not kidding about this. Uh, Madison law professor Ryan Owens organized this event, said the speakers were fantastic and the event went well until people hacked into the Zoom feed. This was one of those hybrid in-person and Zoom conference conferences uh you can hear on the video it's on youtube by the way we'll maybe put a link in here for you uh you can hear one rather white sounding fellow say shut up you bundles of sticks i'll just leave it at that uh in yet another display of you know tolerance and understanding and there was there was more along those lines while the while the organizers try to figure out how to shut this down until somebody on the video feed pulled down his fly and started playing with himself right there in this thing. But here is why you might not have heard about this story. This was a black conservative conference, and the protesters, if we want to honor them with that particular word, were, of course, lefties. Uh, the conference was called Black Conservatism, the Past, Present, and Future. Uh, it's held at, uh, at Madison on Saturday. It featured uh, Woodson Center founder Bob Woodson, this guy, 86 years old. He's been in the civil rights movement for, for 60 years. He got his start in 1962 or 63. And he recently wrote uh, Red, White, and Black, Rescuing American History from Revisionists and Race Hustlers. Um, you got to figure a guy who's been in the civil rights movement for basically his whole life, and he's 86, has seen it all. Well, he's certainly seen it all after Saturday's events. Uh, Bill, we know that if this had been the Black Progressive Conference and conservative students had done this, that we would have heard of literally nothing else for the past three days. Uh, is that about right? I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. The people that that uh, did this were, were not yeah. members of the Black uh, Conservative group. They were hacking into it. You know, write about what you know is uh, is what they say, and I guess um, I guess they were doing their very best to represent the ideals that their political <laughs> opinions uh, best represent. Um, the beauty of this is they weren't even aware of the fact that that's exactly what they were doing. I mean, really, in a way, it's 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 perfect. It's a perfect metaphor. Uh, it's a perfect metaphor for, um, well, it's a perfect metaphor for everything. It's a perfect metaphor for uh, the effectiveness of their policies. It's a perfect metaphor for, the, for the, the coarseness of their lives, not just their political discourse. It's a measure of how um, bankrupt their, their uh, intellectual arguments is. It's, it's, a, it's a metaphor for how base and animalistic their instincts are uh, and the fact that they could get away with it without going to jail uh, is a measure of just how uh, how successful they've been at um, at, at this this um, 
This coming crisis I spoke about on Saturday night is because we are heading for a crisis, and the, the crisis is going to be a crisis of it's not going to be a civil war between Republicans or Democrats or or even of uh, even of the cities versus the country because I'm seeing body cam footage of these very suburban young white wealthy twenty year old mostly women absolutely refusing to open the door, refusing to answer questions, refusing to obey police instructions, being handcuffed, tasered, taken away, screaming about their rights, crying for their moms. We are going to be facing a crisis that's going to consist of the law-abiding versus the lawless. That's where we're headed. And it's going to be coming from um, our failing cities, but it's also going to be coming from our failing suburbs. It's going to be it's going to be a, a, a conflict between decency and, and indecency, respect versus contempt, uh, and any other particular measure you want to uh, come up with. But this is essentially the equivalent of uh, smash and grab a store, really, isn't it, Steve? It's not really too different from that, is it? You break into... Um, into an orderly and lawful um, establishment, and then you try to steal everything that's in that place, and and uh, and you don't have the slightest bit of yeah. shame about and, it, you know, nor do you have any fear well, for the One of the break-ins in, in Philly overnight uh, over the weekend was uh, in an Apple store where they the, the looters didn't even know that you can't steal an iPhone because it it won't work. You can't get it activated. They they know the serial numbers. Yeah, and you, you think about it, and this, we talked this, about this, this in little our device is, in some ways, the pinnacle of human civilization. Uh, it's it's the world at your fingertips, You can and you can slide it in your pocket and, and take it with you everywhere. And so... Would you... Yeah, please, please elaborate on what they did when they suddenly realized that they couldn't just walk out with show, When the alarms started going off on these phones from the remote activation, they started smashing them. They were smashing... One of those pinnacles of civilization. And Bill, it goes just exactly to what you were saying. It just destruction of civilization because you got nothing else. Uh, yeah. Because sometimes, because yeah. some people just like to watch again. the world. Uh, Scott, the, uh, yeah. the organizer of the event, uh, uh, Professor uh, Ryan Owens, <laughs> he went out with some, uh, some real grace. He talked to a local radio station and said, these actions were cowardly, disrespectful, and stupid. They also expressed or exposed a broader problem we face as society. When some people disagree with other people's points of view, they seek to shut down their speech. We need to cultivate a culture of free speech and an ability to be civil to each other. This kind of intolerance, and that's exactly what it was, must stop. I hope all good people will join in condemning this kind of garbage. But I really should have cut the quote short when he said, we need to cultivate a culture of free speech and an ability to be civil to each other, because we used to do that, didn't we?
Well, you know, I'm pretty young, so I don't know what we used to do. But um, yeah, I have read some history, and it does seem uh, a tad different than two uh, men who disagreed with each other so violently as Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas not only rode around together so that they could debate the issues in public places, but actually stayed in the same room and because of, you know, lack of funding, stayed in the same bed many times, shared, basically were bunking together. Together on as they went around the countryside debating this these great issues of their time that involved slavery and freedom and, and emancipation and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I think that there were at least some people in history that you could go back and see. Oh wow, they knew how to conduct public discourse. Uh, that they weren't any weaker in their opinions, uh, but they knew how to conduct themselves in a way that would win converts. I don't know who they think they're winning. I mean. I'm sure somebody's ego got stroked there, but I don't think it was the people that they're trying to attract. Uh, it's the people who are already with them. You know, your story reminded me of a piece that I read. Uh, it was actually a William McGurn column in the Wall Street Journal about reaction to Senator Tim Scott's debate performance in the largely forgettable debate the other night that the Republicans had. And, uh, and this is what Tim Scott said from the debate stage. Black families survived slavery. We survived poll taxes and literacy tests. We survived discrimination being woven into the laws of our country. But um, what was hard to survive was Lyndon Johnson's Great Society, where they decided to put money, where they decided to take the black father out of the household and get a check in the mail. And you can now measure that in unemployment, in crime, in devastation. If you want to restore hope, you've got to restore the family, restore capitalism, and put Americans back to work together as one American family. So this is what he said during the course of the debate. Uh, One of the reactions to it that McGurn captures in the column is um, uh, the woman who was kind of in charge of the 1619 Project at the New York Times, the reevaluation and rewriting of American history, uh, said that you shouldn't – you don't need to – disgrace your ancestors to have a chance wow. at the Republican nomination, or you should not need to disgrace your ancestors. How, how he disgraced his ancestors, I don't know. Uh, Jennifer Rubin slammed him. Another columnist for the New Republic said it was deplorable what he said. And all he really did was quote statistics in the, in the larger sense of the difference between uh, the number of kids who grew up in two-parent families before the Great Society and after the Great Society. And afterward, it was like three times as many kids did not have a two-parent household. So it's, it's not just a racial component here. It is anytime somebody stands up and propounds these great ideas which built this country, which made it what it is, which are ingrained and instantiated in our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence, we we have a, a growing body of people in this country, apparently, who are again it. <laughs> they are opposed. And, uh, and they hate to hear it so much that they would literally try to pornify a political meeting in order to disgrace the speakers at the meeting, but instead yeah, they just bring they're shame capable upon of themselves. Feeling that, which, uh, at least in the case of the, the name callers and the <clears throat> the other gentlemen, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, you know, folks, when, uh, when I read this story this morning, yeah. I, I immediately flashed on the Jeffrey Tubin case from three years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Tubin is a, a left-wing 
political commentator. He used to write for The New Yorker. He used to be on CNN. And three years ago, back when everybody was on the Zoom calls during the lockdowns, he got busted for masturbating during a New Yorker uh, uh, business meeting with, with uh, with his coworkers. And uh, the thinking was, oh, well, he uh, just uh, forgot to turn the, the camera off before he started pleasuring himself during a work meeting. That's an excuse. But I thought I, I didn't buy that. And I wrote at the time for my uh, for my <laughs> insanity rap column that I didn't think it was an accident at all. I thought it was some sort of semi-public sexual power play over his coworkers. And. Boy, with today's news, I really think I nailed that one, because um, that's exactly what uh, these protesters did to this uh, black conservative group, and I think it's for sure what Jeffrey Tubin was doing to his New Yorker workers, and as Bill said, and this is the word, this is the word we're going to hear and use again and again and again, indecent. As the left continues, mostly the left, continues to descend into total indecency, we're going to see more of these public sexual power plays. And I think it's all wrapped up into a whole host of issues that we've done a lot of right angles about over these last couple of years. So uh, stay tuned and stay decent. For Bill and Scott, I'm Steve Green. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.